The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are doing another AMA on air. Welcome back, guys. If you are new here and you are clicking on Your Safe Space for the first time, this is a Ask Me Anything on air. Uh, I usually do an AMA on Monday nights on my Instagram story and sometimes I don't get a chance to, well not sometimes, all the time, I don't get a chance to answer the freaking questions and so I like to put them into a podcast episode and this format has been doing really well, you guys have been loving it and I thank you for that support, I thank you for coming back and I'm keen to bring you another episode today. Now I do need to preface this episode and all these episodes really, this show is not a substitute for professional mental health support. We talk about a lot on this podcast, mindset, mental health, life lifestyle and some of the stuff is really deep and some of the stuff can be triggering and so if you need professional mental health support please check the show notes but as always this is our short sharp juicy Friday episode getting you ready for the weekend I always imagine you guys like listening to this while you're getting ready to go out or something or maybe you're listening to it another time but thank you if you are listening thank you for coming back we are jumping right in with a juicy question and question number one is do you believe in soulmates and I love this question because I personally do believe in them yes yes a million times I believe in them and I guess I wanted to unpack it because I think there are a few different sorry guys give me one second I have a little run sheet and the size font was like eight and I couldn't fucking see anything. So I needed to fix that up. So back to soulmates. Yes. I'm going to give you my definition of a soulmate. I think there are a few different versions of what people think soulmates are. And I love that because we're all entitled to like our own opinion and our own perception and our own view on things. But to me, soulmates are people who feel like part of me or like the other bit of me or the other half of me. They're people I feel safe with. They are people who I treasure deeply and I also hold the firm belief that they are not just romantic they can be platonic as well they don't even have to be people they can be pets too I've had partners who I've thought are soulmates I've also had partners that are not my soulmates and I don't think that's weird either I don't I don't think your partner is always meant to be your soulmate which I know might sound a little bit confusing but I think it's quite normal to have many soulmates in life. It's quite normal to have different soulmates. It's quite normal not to end up with your soulmate. I'll give you examples. I think Franklin is my soulmate. I swear he's like my soul dog. I feel like that dog was meant for me. Like there is no other owner on this earth who could have him or love him the way that I do. And there is no other dog on this earth that would love me the way that he loves me. And I think that my best friend, Suze, is also a soulmate. You know, when I met her, the way that we communicate, the way that our friendship has just carried on over the years is just beautiful and it feels like that soulmate energy and I also think even though it's very sad and bittersweet soulmates are not forever either sometimes soulmates are just in our life short term maybe that is to teach us a lesson or give us a brief experience of them and I like to have that very fluid view on it and that very much 
it can be this, it can be that. Because if you hold on to a really fixed view, you can almost place this like very unrealistic pressure on your partner or your relationship or the people that you're dating. And it goes for people that are either single or in relationships. I think holding on to a fixed belief that your soulmate is this romantic, perfect person can be harmful in the sense that that's a lot of pressure to then go and put on somebody or put on a relationship to live up to that expectations. And I think even in my research for this episode, the idea of a soulmate, some of the things I found was that some people thought soulmates were like a mirror, showing them what they needed to work on or reflect back to them. Some people thought soulmates were like their perfect match. Some people thought soulmates were just romantic, not platonic. And I think there's no really right or wrong way to think about a soulmate. Whatever way feels better for you is the right way to think about it. But I really just want to affirm that point that our partners won't always be perfect. Our partners won't always be a mirror for us. Our partners won't always complete us and we shouldn't want them to. I would say, yes, I do believe in soulmates. This person didn't write anything else. So if you have other questions about soulmates, let me know because I'm happy to keep talking about them. And I remember once I had written in an AMA that I believed that one of my exes was a soulmate. And I still to this day think he's a soulmate. We just didn't end up together and that's okay. And someone was like, how could you think that? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. And it's like, well, just because we're soulmates doesn't mean it's a forever thing. And I feel like that belief has brought me more peace and has brought me more calmness and just like clarity and peace in my heart knowing that yeah you can have soulmates it doesn't mean they're going to be yours forever it doesn't mean they're in your life forever and that's okay as well we should appreciate them while we've got them we should appreciate them while they're in our orbit we should appreciate them while we have them if you have a partner and you think they are your soulmate amazing how fucking lucky are you not everybody has that but I also think that that's okay as well. So if you're listening to this and you don't feel like your partner's your soulmate, that's okay. Don't panic. Don't panic. There's no need to panic about that. All right. Question number two. What is your take on dating someone you work with? And good question because for the most part, 95% of the time, 99% of the time, it's fine. And I think it's normal. I think this because we as humans, if we work full time anyway, we spend 40 plus hours a week at work, right? And so the likelihood of us meeting someone through work, considering we spend so much time there, is quite common. This person did ask with the worried emoji though, the little sweat emoji. And so I'm not sure why you wrote that. But I want to unpack the other side where I think it depends. And some employers might have like a strict no dating policy. I don't know why they have that. It's 2023. Like get over it. You're really going to stop people from being in love at work. Like for me, I think love and relationship trumps work. I think they're both important. But I think as long as it's not at like the expense of your career or like you're not missing out on something in your career or missing out on something at work because of the relationship and it's not doing you any harm, then I don't see the bad behind it. There is one circumstance where I think I worry a little bit and where I think maybe that there should be some caution. And that is if the person is within your employment, but in a higher position than you, and I know you may not think that they might be preying on you, but if there is that dynamic where they're in a higher position and almost using that position of power to prey on you, that is where... 
I worry. And the reason I say that is I'm, I, I was a corporate girly for a long time. I saw it and I experienced it myself where someone in a position of power, not abuse their power, but I, I definitely would say tried to use their power to get things that they wanted. If that is happening, if you are able to look at that, if you're able to take yourself out of the situation and look at it from the outside perspective, that's when I would say probably take a deeper look at it. I'm going to say, like I said, 99% of the time it's probably okay, but there's that other percentage of the time where maybe it's a situation like that where someone in a position of power is preying on someone younger or preying on someone in a lower position to try and, I don't know, get what they want. But yeah, for the most part, my take on dating someone you work with is fine. And I even think about that now. Like I don't have, I I have a manager, I have an editor. I don't really work with anybody, but I do spend a lot of time with creators. And I think, will I end up dating a creator? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I think it's very normal and very common and almost, yeah, expected that you might end up meeting someone at work. And I'd be curious in the group, I will put up a post after this episode, if you have met your partner at work. I reckon there's a high percentage of you that have met your partner at work. All right, next question. What are your best tips for dealing with moving away? I experience homesickness and struggle being away from my family and friends. And... This is something I've wanted to talk about for a really long time. Firstly, if you're experiencing homesickness, I know it can be so deeply painful and I know it can be so challenging, but it is a beautiful thing because it shows me that you have really good things back home, things, people, maybe it's the place that you grew up, maybe it's got good memories, maybe your family's there, maybe your friends are there, that you are missing it's showing me that you have something worth missing. And I think it can be really hard to reconcile with because I experienced this firsthand. I lived away from my family for four years in another state. And fuck, I think, oh, in another state's not even that bad. Imagine if I moved overseas or something, but it's really hard. And I struggled with it so much. And so I am going to give you my tips, but I just want to mention, I did do obviously research for the episode and homesickness is a proven thing. It can actually last from three weeks to more than a year. So if you are feeling this, you are not alone. It is so common. It is okay. And there are things you can do to make yourself feel better. And I'm going to give you those tips as well. So the first thing is allow yourself to feel it. I will always come on here and tell you to feel your feels. If you need to have a crying session about it, cry about it. If you need to journal about it, journal about it. If you need to release some anger or pain or frustration in a certain way, do it. If you need to go and scream into your pillow or scream in your car, do it. That feels really good, by the way. If you want to have a crying session, as I said, I was a big fan of having a big crying session when I was missing my family, but it is so important that you don't suppress it. It is so important that you let it out because if you don't, what happens is it will just sit idly in your subconscious and then it will come out in other areas of your life. And homesickness is one of those things. It's like we don't want to feel it because it's so fucking painful. But it's also you have to feel it to let it pass and move through it and build that resilience to it. My next tip is if you can to schedule regular visits back home. And this was working really well for me while I was in Sydney because I would go home, I'm going to say once every like two, three months. And I know that can also be quite expensive depending on where you live, but it was enough for me to keep the homesickness at bay, right? And so it was working. But then we had that fucking thing called COVID and lockdown. And I didn't see my family at one point for over a year. That was really hard. One of the hardest things I probably had to deal with in my 20s. Not the hardest, but definitely one of the hardest. On that, if you can't schedule visits, I'm going to say regular phone calls back home, regular FaceTimes 
Call the friends at home. Call your family at home. Schedule maybe once a fortnight you want to call to check in on them once a week. I know that we had a family group chat while we still have the family group chat, but we definitely used it more while I was away versus now that I'm back home in Melbourne, back home with everybody. And so that was a way that we could stay connected with each other. And I would really recommend that too. And then this tip is probably the most important. And this is one thing that I wish someone told me sooner is to create a new network and a new community where you are. So when I moved to Sydney, I moved with the intention and with the idea that I was going to be there for a month initially. When I moved to Sydney, I was just moving for a month. I packed a suitcase and I was staying in a hotel. I then got told I was staying for three months. Again, I was living out of a suitcase. I lived in a hotel for literally three months, guys. It was a very interesting time of my life. During that time, I would go home like every weekend. Work would fly me back like the Friday to Sunday and I'd still see my friends. And so I made no effort at all to settle into my new life in Sydney. I made no effort to build friendships. I made no effort to build a community. I made no effort to talk to anyone because I was like, I've got friends in Melbourne. Why do I need to make new friends here? Like I'm going back, like it's not a permanent thing. And then when I decided to stay in Sydney long-term, I very quickly had to figure out, well, fuck, like you're going to have to make some friends, bitch, because you can't keep doing this. You can't keep crying at home every night, missing people and not having friends. And I've spoken about this many times, but that's how I ended up with Franklin. Instead of going to therapy, I got a dog. Don't recommend that. Go to therapy if you are really struggling with homesickness. That's another, that's another, another point. But what helped me was then finding new friends, building new relationships, building a new network. And I did that through the gym. I did that through work. Please go back and listen to my episode, Making Friends as an Adult, because there's some really good juicy tips in there that would probably help you in creating that new network. And then my next tip is to look for ways to make your current space homey. So maybe it is putting up picture frames of home. Maybe it's bringing stuff from home to have in your space with you. I don't know what makes something feel homey for you. Maybe it's a certain scent. Maybe you want to get a a diffuser or a candle. I'm not sure what would make it feel homey for you, but really cultivate that space, really cultivate that area, either in your room or in the house or wherever you're living to make it feel comfortable, to make it feel home. And then my last tip is do the things that bring you joy and do the things that help you create a new life. So whether that's trialing hobbies, really lean in and give it a shot because I felt like when I was channeling my energy into creating a new lifestyle for myself or creating a new routine in Sydney, I was then able to settle into it a little bit more. And I would spend my weekends going to different beaches each week. I would spend time with my dog. I would spend time with my new friends. And I would really try to embrace that next chapter of my life. And I'm glad I did. But eventually for me, homesickness did get the best of me. And I'll be totally honest with you guys. I went through a very traumatic breakup in Sydney. I've spoken about it on this podcast in the mental health episode, but I was probably at my lowest point at the end of 2020, mid 2020 to end of 2020. And my mental health was flailing. I was struggling. And for me, it had gotten to a point where I hadn't seen my family in so long I hadn't seen them for over a year and then I came home for Christmas that year and I, I remember it so vividly. I actually drove from Sydney to Melbourne because there was COVID lockdowns and border stuff and I had to get to Melbourne across the border before midnight and I did make it. I spent Christmas with my family and when I was leaving to drive back, I cried hysterically the whole way home. And I just knew in my heart that like at that point, my chapter in Sydney was done. I had seen my family age. I'd seen my grandparents age. I had seen my friends just, 
I just I just seen so much change and I was like, fuck, I really miss home. And I had missed it to a point where I wanted to come back. And so I'm going to say, if you are feeling homesickness, it doesn't mean that you should always move home. It is a normal thing to feel. Try to work through it. If you're really struggle, struggling, please get some professional help on it. And if it's at a point where like, you've had enough. There's no harm in going back home. Going back home was the best thing I did for myself, the best thing I did for my mental health. And I don't regret it at all. Sydney was a cool chapter for me. Living there was a cool chapter, but I needed to come home. And yeah, good luck. I'm, I'm sending you lots of luck. I've also spent a lot of time on these questions. Sorry. Um, so we're going to jump into the next question, which is your top book recommendations to read for going through a separation. I really need help. Now, I always want to preface any conversation, especially around dealing with breakups or separation with, it is a hard thing to go through. It is a very challenging thing to experience. It is a very challenging thing to move through. If you haven't, please listen to my breakup guide, that episode, because there's some juicy stuff in there. I don't have any book recommendations in there, but I also want to say that if you are really struggling over a prolonged period of time, please also get professional support. You don't have to fight it by yourself. You don't have to fight it alone, but I'm going to give you my top book recommendations. And these books actually helped me personally when I was going through my breakup. I also have a lot of TED Talks linked in my playlist on my YouTube channel that helped me a lot too. And I've linked all of the heartbreak ones in there. If you want to go have a look at that, I'll put a link in the show notes too. But the first book I'm recommending is 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think by Brianna Wiest. I love that book so much. It is beautiful. It's easy to read because you can dip in and out of the essays. Some essays are like one page. Some essays are like three pages. It's beautiful. And that book brought me quite a bit of healing. This one brought me so much healing as well. It's called After the Rain by Alex L. Alexandra L. And you can follow these authors on Instagram or on TikTok as well. I don't know if these people are on TikTok, but definitely on Instagram. And that book is a mixture of healing, a mixture of affirmations. I felt very seen and very heard while reading that book. This book I haven't read, but it's on my list and I'm going to read it. And I think I would recommend this after you have done the healing, but it is attached by Dr. Amir Levine and Rachel S.F. Heller. And it's about attachment theory and attachment styles. And I would love to do a podcast episode on attachment. So stay tuned for that because that is on the agenda for 2023. This book is also really beautiful and one that I have read. It's called All About Love by Bell Hooks. Very therapeutic, very healing and a beautiful read. And then this book is not one that I've read, but it was on Oprah's list and I trust her. So she's put Conscious Uncoupling by Catherine Woodward Thomas. And I've actually seen that book in a TikTok and it's been referenced by someone else too. So I think if Oprah's recommending it, we can trust her. But I wanted to put that in there and I guess I would ask you guys as well to share in the Facebook group on the post for this episode, any kind of books or recommendations you have for going through a breakup. I know that I've already got that podcast episode out there and I might even do a part two to it as well, just because I feel like breakups are really hard. They're really shit. And if you are going through one, I'm really, really sorry, but I just want you to know that you will come out the other end. You will come out the other side. The sun will shine again and things will be okay. And I hope that I can provide you that hope. And I hope that I can provide you that evidence. I may not have gone through a separation. I have gone through some bad heartbreak and I've still come out the other side. And I know that you guys can do that too, but I'm going to wrap the show there. 
thank you guys for spending another Friday with me. I hope that you have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to this show. Thank you for listening to all the shows. If you are not already, you know, we've got to wrap the show like this, but follow us on Instagram. It's your safe space. It's your safe space pod. Join the Facebook group, your safe space podcast community and leave us a review on Apple or a rating on Spotify. I hope that you have a fun weekend. I'm not sure what you're doing. The weather is beautiful. Get out and enjoy it. Sun safety always. But guys, I love you so much and I will see you next time. Take care. Bye.